Hey, we are live. My name is Dana. This is Jeffrey. And we're going to talk about stuff. And it might get uncomfortable, but we'll laugh at ourselves. And you're going to enjoy it. Maybe. I don't know. That was an intro. It sure was. It was spicy. It, It made me feel like I was in the 80s again. Did it? Nah. Maybe. I, speaking of the 80s, I was on TikTok today, and one of my uh, TikTok buddies had, like, Richard Marks. Oh, yeah. I should have known better. <laughs> it was know. a cl- And I was like, oh, my God, that's such a good song. I've heard it forever, so why? Oh. I was in the shower. I had it on repeat. And I'm in the shower just like, should have known better. Just jamming out like a fool. That's funny. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Excellent. And then I'm like, isn't he, like, I think there's something about him. I, I don't know. I was, you know, the other, I, in a similar fashion, I went to, um, I was listening in the shower. Like, I've been listening to music a lot in the shower because it, like, starts my day out, like, nice. And yeah. so, like, I, I was listening to some Dio the other day, and that got me, like, all energized. And then the next day, I went, like, a totally different route, and I started listening to Typo Negative. <laughs> and it's like, it made me all calm. And I talked really deep the rest of the day. Nice. Yeah, I've always had to listen to, I've always had a radio in my, like, bathroom so I could have music while I'm in the shower, because that's my, like, jam time. Yeah. I have to jam out. Blare it loud. Just jam. And I, I mean, how fun that it's evolved as far as it has. You know, it's definitely a bitch when you're like, oh, I gotta make a CD anticipating yeah. what I'm gonna want to listen to in the shower and the order I want to listen to mm-hmm. it. Now I can just be like, hey, Google, play this song. Oh, shoot, I said it, and that's listening. Hey, Google, never mind. <laughs> no. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it's that easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a whole different world. Yeah. Like, Alexa. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't have her on. She ain't listening to you no more. She's not plugged in. Hmm. So, what have you, what have you done? How how um how was your life since last week? <sighs> since last week. Yeah. Has any entertaining things happened since last week that we should address uh, in front of the audience? <laughs> We've had an event at the Blast Barn. Yeah. Uh, which was great. It was busy. It was wonderful. It went well. And then we've made our we've extended our paint and sip to the beginning of October. It's now Friday and Saturday because Saturday started selling out. So uh, you can go to LakeviewBeautyBarBoutique.com and you can get that information if you're in the Missouri area. And then I'm excited because um, I'll be home soon. Yay. Yeah. I'm going to hang out with you. When are you going to be back? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very beginning of October. Awesome. We'll we'll have yeah, to do a podcast yeah. where we both sit in the same room. Well, we can start <laughs> doing that every week. Wouldn't that be weird? I know, I know. That's the crazy thing, right? Like not having I won't be secluded away in the wilderness anymore. I'm like, oh my god, I'll be able to get delivery again. Um, oh yeah, it's gonna be wild. There's gonna, gonna be, be so many more people for you to be able to avoid. It's gonna be an adjust. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, spicy. It's a little, it's a little scary, actually. I'm like, oh god, 
Yeah. I'm already like, mm, I don't know about this living in the city thing now. Yeah. Like, it's going to be an adjustment. We're going to, you know what? I do love gonna, my neighbors, though. I have gonna, great neighbors. You're going to have to get your, um, you're going to have to get your backyard. We'll have, we'll have to make like a little spot to sit out there. Have a little uh, outdoor yard time. I have a cement patio back there and a deck. Yeah. You I just it. don't use it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I do. I do. I shouldn't say that. I was. And then COVID hit and that was the end of that. Yeah. So let's see. What did I do this past week? I've been going for walks. How exciting. That's why walks. I'm wearing my, that's why I'm wearing my, my, uh, my tank top. It was a little humid out. So I, 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 I put on my tank top before I went for a walk. So I didn't get all sweaty. Your tank top with your gay star tattoos. They are? Are they? I don't know. They weren't when I got them, but I guess they can be. That's fine. I can make, make some muscle spec. <laughs> I say that one. I'm a child. <laughs> Man child. That's fine. Well, let's have fun with it. So, speak, that, that was a great segue into what we can talk about tonight. <laughs> <laughs> And what that is, is I think we're going to talk about self-awareness. Oh. oh, boy. There's so many different ways. I've been thinking about this a lot, and I was reading about self-awareness and, uh, and all the different facets to it. There's so many different things we could talk about with self-awareness. So, we can, uh, what, what, what is, um, just because you didn't really prepare and think about this ahead of time, so this is just kind of sprung on you. So let's see what does um what does self awareness mean to you? Like uh, just speaking about yourself right now, not like not how how like you think other people perceive self awareness, but like just to yourself. Like what do you what do you think your own version of self awareness is? So for me, it's kind of like checking my ass constantly, right, and all the things that I don't like about my behavior or how I handle the situation. Um. And trying to just be honest with myself about my shortcomings. Or as I've gotten older now, it's trying to be honest with myself about the things that are okay. Uh, and the things that I do like. Uh, which, you know, that's a definite switch, right? Because your whole life, my self-awareness was all the bad things. When everybody's like, oh, you're so confident. You're blah, 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 blah. And it was like, yeah, <laughs> that's what you think. That's my coping mechanism. It's working flawlessly. Yes, yes, yes. You bought the bullshit. I'm so glad. Excellent. Where's my Emmy? Um, yeah, so for me, self-awareness is just being aware of how I'm treating other people, what I'm doing, how I'm speaking, and trying to reflect on how I'm acting, you know, I guess. Yeah, I get that. That's pretty good. I mean, I think, I think that's how, um, I think you touched on the two things that I'm probably going to talk about the most, or not the most, but the, the things that I kind of focus on, like when I'm digging into it is, um, I feel like there's two versions of self-awareness. And uh, what I mean by that is um, I feel like there's an introspective self-awareness, like being aware of 
your internal like thoughts um being aware of like how you're almost like your, your thought mechanisms like the way the way you uh go through and problem solve or the way you address a social situation or the way you tackle a project like being aware of um your your own shortcoming like you're saying your own shortcomings and uh being honest with yourself and being able to cope with your like your own setbacks and kind of cater more towards like your your uh your better attributes internally like if I know that I'm somebody like see like with me um I had a pretty turbulent youth so to me it's difficult to address a problem until it becomes dire because mm. as a kid when you have issues and you need to address them you can't you're ill-equipped to deal with it so you don't realize them until it becomes a big problem and a lot of times you can't handle the situation anyway so you're left in your head to kind of think about what the problem is and at this point it gets frantic like you're frantically searching for answers and trying to figure way out a way to fix the problem and the way that kind of transfers to when you're an adult is you procrastinate like when you, you're, it's almost like your mind can't enter a state where it can handle a problem until it becomes a dire circumstance. Um, and one of the one of the things I <laughs> so true. Well, yeah. And so one of the things I do to keep myself from procrastinating is I have anxiety. Like I I focus on how it's going to play out and what could go wrong and how am I going to have enough time to get this done? And I start to kind of freak out about a situation way in advance, convincing myself that it's dire so I can address the problem earlier and not procrastinate. So that's a fun one to try to work through. But that's just an example of like internal self-awareness. Like I'm, I'm aware of what I do internally and I can visually like kind of trace out the like the diagram in my head like as it happens it's like i have to do this thing oh well this is the part where i freak out let's go for that ride i'm ready for it and like <laughs> it's it makes it better like when you're aware of it and when you know it's coming you're like okay yeah i can handle this i know what the, i know what that's about okay like that's what i mean by like internal self-awareness like being aware of like what right. your crap is about now external self-awareness i think you talked about this for a little bit too is like um being aware of like how other people perceive you like your actions like oh, what you're saying what you're doing like how you want them to perceive you um and what what your behavior actually puts out into the world and i think uh i think that people kind of jumble the two together a, a lot more um and I think it almost helps people to like separate it into to two separate things, like internal self-awareness. I need to be aware of what's going on in here and external self-awareness. I need to be aware of what I'm putting out there about me because like, here's a great example. Like you, Jeffrey, you've known me and we've interacted a lot, right? So in your head, you have a model of what you think Dana's all about, right? But you're not in my head. Mm -hmm. All you have right. to go on is my external self-awareness, like what I've put out about me, like the, the, the 
things I've said, the way I've acted, the, my mannerisms, like uh, my actions, like how like if you reach out to me and I get back to you or I don't, or if you need help with something, do I help you or do I don't? Like that's that's that kind of external self awareness where um, I I actively try to put out what I think is authentically me in my head, like I. <clears throat> and I mess up, just like we all mess up. Like, when somebody gets angry or sad, I mean, they might act a certain way. They might be a certain type of, uh, like, with me, like, if I if I feel depressed or I feel down, I isolate myself. Like, I do the opposite of what I should do to help mm. myself get through a depressive state is because when I was a kid, that's what I was left with. I was left alone. So when... I was scared or lonely or depressed or sad, I default to that being alone because I just need to be inside in my head and figure it out because that's how I've learned to deal with that kind of feeling. And you have to be aware of it. So what you see of me is just what I've put out there. Like you don't actually know me. Like you, you've never been inside my head. You've never like actually like seeing what it's like to like feel my feelings or like go like perceive a situation the way I perceive it because you, you can't, that's just an impossibility. And it's the same reversed of you. Like I know you just based on our interactions. And I think, um, one of the, one of the nice things I think I like best about being friends with you or being friends with Kelly, um, just talk being able to talk and have like a, a mutual understanding and, I think that's where it kind of bridges that gap between internal self-awareness and external self-awareness or like uh, making a meaningful connection with somebody. Like I feel comfortable sharing vulnerable information with you or Kelly or anybody like the people that I feel comfortable sharing vulnerable information with, I'm really letting inside that inner area because I, I really, whether it's good or bad or, whatever, I, I shut down that external self-awareness and say, you know, I don't really care what kind of personality I want to portray to this person right now. Right. I'm seeking right now the kind of connection that I can only get through sharing this vulnerable information. I, I want them to feel connected to me and I want to feel connected to them. And I, I hope that by sharing this vulnerable information with this person that they show me that one, they have the kind of personality traits that I need in a friend like that. Like, is this a person that's empathetic? Is this a person that's supportive? Is this a person that uh, can can put their put themselves in my shoes? And is this a person that I can trust? Like, uh, it's almost like a, a, a doing like a trust test, like you're or like a safety fall thing, mm-hmm. like, where I want to I want to give a person an opportunity to su- succeed or fail in terms of like really getting to know what's inside me. And then I see if they share the same kind of information with me. And then that connects people. Like maybe you want to share a piece of information that um, you might not think is great. Like what if I shared information with you? Like I was like, wow, you know, Jeffrey, I really enjoy punching women. That's something that I really like to do. Secretly, I go out at night and I hire uh, ladies of the night and I pay them to let me punch them. And that's what I do. Because I love it. Like, now if I share, bear in mind that is completely fictional and that never happens, but 
I'm just using that as an example. I, I'll, I'll say something like where maybe I'm just share. I, I want to connect with you. I want you to know some vulnerable information about me, but I don't necessarily, not that, but um, what if you react differently? Like what if, um, what if I just say something to you and you're like, it gives you the icks about me. Like I, I tell you something and you're like, ick, I don't like that about that person. Okay. Well, that's something like you'll want to know about a person. Like when you're getting to know somebody or when you're forming a friendship, like those are certain things about people. Yeah. Like, if I told you something and you, that, that contradicted one of your core beliefs or, or like it, it was just one of those things where you're like, mm, I don't like that about that person. I'm, I'm glad they told me, but I don't like them now because of that. Like, I, I almost feel like that that was still a success because it kept, it, it would keep two people from continuing a relationship that um, they really weren't geared to continue with each other. Like, sure. like if you, if you, if you're, if you're dating a guy and you guys went on a date and he started telling you about like some of his personal information, he just said something about his history or like his past or something. And you're like, I don't like that. You would want to know that information, right? To, and oh, yeah. even, though, even though it might be uncomfortable, like it still makes a connection between you and another person. Like when, um, I think, I think as far as like self-awareness goes, when a person's willing to share, um, sometimes ugly information about themselves and they know that it's not great, I think it almost makes it better like it, it makes it almost more acceptable for, um, in my opinion, because here you've got somebody that's sharing something that you know that maybe they're not proud of, or maybe they are proud of it, and they just want to see if you can accept that about them, or like just to see if you're the kind of person that's okay with that. Um, I respect that a lot more than a kind of person that would be deceptive and just keep it a secret, like having that. I don't know. There, there's like there's there's two different ways that being self-aware can be a positive trait and be a negative trait. I feel like some people that can be manipulative, um, they will take information that they don't think a person may like about them, and they may decide that you know what I'm just going to put that in the bank and I'm going to keep that a secret forever because I don't think that. Uh, the kind of person I want to be with probably wouldn't like that about me or be able to accept that about me, so I'm just going to keep it a secret. Like, how, how are you going to form a meaningful relationship or how are you going to form a, a connection with somebody when you're just not willing to share those parts? Like, That's a big problem. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that some people have a certain amount of self-awareness where they know that what they're doing, like, uh, they're, they're less concerned about their image externally and they're more concerned about making that connection. And then I think there's other people where their self-awareness keeps them from actually making meaningful connections because they feel like they can bend themselves to more scenarios or, or, or uh, form relationships with people that they can get what they want out of easier if they know that they aren't putting out information that 
uh, the other person might not like. That it almost gives them a greater opportunity to kind of mold themselves into what they think the other person will There's like. Wants, yeah. Yeah. I, so I, I think having a, a strong sense of external self-awareness can be good and bad. Like if someone's externally very self-aware, I think for somebody that um, is more empathetic, that, that tends to look for those kind of connections with other people, um, that their external self-awareness and internal self-awareness actually lets them be more vulnerable and make deeper connections with people. Uh, but I think people that are more, um, I guess, like uh, in it for themselves, um, I think they use their self-awareness to kind of wall off and kind of keep things secret and kind of be a little sneaky and uh, kind of keep the opportunity open to change people's perception about them into what they need it to be at a later date or what they need it to be at a certain time or in a certain situation. And that, I think, is something I've learned over the past, like, I don't know, the past decade of my life, like, how to actually start looking out for that. Um, when I was younger, I used to think that everybody was like me, and they would just t say how they felt. Oh, like, no, 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 no. no. There, there's a lot of people out there that really just keep it, they keep it really close, and they, and I understand the, the, the point of yeah. with people, like, not wanting to think we're share. weird. Yeah. I understand the point of people not wanting to share like uh, personal information about themselves because they have, that's their boundary. Like, you know what? I, I'm not ready to talk about something like that. It's not to the point that they won't, but it's to the point where, well, maybe I'm not ready to talk about that yet because I don't feel like our relationship is to the point where we have that kind of connection yet. And that's respectable. Right. I mean, that's totally fine. Um, yeah. I mean, it's interesting like, with boundaries how they can be perceived really differently. And that that's another part of self-awareness that I think a lot of people should be more aware of, and both internally and externally. Like, how, how do you think um, boundaries, both, like, uh, boundaries you set with other people and boundaries you set within yourself, like, how do those relate to... Uh, <laughs> Oh, no. Did I do something? <laughs> oh, just boundaries within yourself and boundaries with other people. It's just funny. Is it? Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, do, do you have, do you have, like, a, have you worked on any, like, boundary issues with yourself? Um, I'm not, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm yeah. not good at it. No, it is hard. I mean, it, it, that's one of the things I meant, like, about having boundaries and being self-aware of, like, how you interact with people. Um, yeah. One of the interesting things I think is, actually, it's really hard, is being able to be confident enough in the boundaries that you set to be able to maintain them with people, even when you know it might rub them the wrong way. Um, yeah. It's like saying, here, you know what? I feel confident that this boundary is important to me to keep me emotionally safe and it's important to me to keep myself uh, uh, in, in, out of a situation that could hurt me. This boundary is important to me because I am self-aware internally because I know that if I violate this boundary, I could later 
do X, Y, and Z, or mm-hmm. I could say this, or I could become emotionally this way because I did not pay attention to this boundary that I've set for myself. Do you um, think that as you've gotten older, that age plays a part in this stuff? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, because I feel like every stage of my life, like every five years or something, like there's some epiphany about same stuff that it's like, I did not look at that that way. I didn't see it that way. And I'm like, oh, my God. All How did I not know? How did I not see that? I think when – it might have been about the same time for you. Maybe not. I don't know. But for me, what started me on actually starting to think about my mental health and um, I guess almost like the meaning of life kind of questions – Um, was really having kids. Um, I had such a crappy childhood, and out of all of it, I think the one thing that I always wished that I had was, like, a grandpa or a grandma, or, like, basically this old sage kind of character in my life where I could come to them with my problems and they would have wisdom for me, like real (laughs) good information that they could share with me and help guide me through life in a meaningful way. Is that a thing? I wish it was. Apparently not. So basically I, that was one thing I wanted more than anything was to just have this like spirit guide that could answer my questions and help me in turn. It would be awesome, right? To have like, yeah, yeah, I right. get it, but I don't think it exists. Like, I felt like well, I had to raise my grandparents. That's the problem I run into, is it seems like every time I think I've run into this person that can share wisdom with me and can help me evolve and can turn me into, like, give me directions when things are hard, I always end up helping them and giving them advice and helping them through hard times, and it just, it sucks. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, just for once, I wish I could have that person. So, after I had kids, I'm like, they need that person, and I have yeah. to be that person. So I started digging into, like, first I started learning about, like, quantum physics and all this stuff in terms of, like, I want to understand the universe so I can explain yeah, reality you, to my kids. You've gone deep. Then I started going into, like, philosophy and everything. Like, I started going into, like, ancient Indian philosophy and Confucianism and Taoism and <laughs> Lao Tzu and, like, Marcus Aurelius and Stoics and, like, you name it. Like, I just went on all these deep dives into all these, like, major philosophical, like, schools of thought. Like, I am going to get wise. I am going to understand the meaning of everything, and I will be able to impart that onto my children. And one thing that I've noticed more than any of it is that that stuff is all super helpful, but until you figure out your own personality and start to analyze yourself and really become more in touch with the, the broken pieces in your head and how your brain actually functions, mm-hmm. having all that information is completely worthless. Like, you, yeah. you don't know how to implement it. You don't know yeah. how to, like, these different philosophies and these different perspectives, you can't internalize that unless you understand the functions that are going on inside yeah, you your head. You can't do shit with it. And so that's what turned me into this whole, like, I, I started going into, like, psychology everything. Like, I now now I'm just, like, deep diving in, like, psychology 
everything, like a cognitive behavioral therapy, like dialectical behavioral therapy, um, internal family systems. Like there, there's so many different types of therapy. Like I just, there's, it's, it's awesome to me because I actually like, as you're, I, I listen to books on tape rather than reading because I constantly have to be doing other things while I'm learning. Like, so I just put on my headphones and I just do something like exercise or whatever. And I listen to the book on tape, but I think those aha moments that you're talking about, like I get them all the time when I'm listening to these like psychology books is like all of a sudden it's like, wow, that's why I do that. Holy crap. That makes sense. And then I can fix yeah. it by doing this. And like, it, it's, it's amazing to me. Like uh, that's one of my new favorite aha things is that I, I can actually understand myself now. I think it's a lifelong journey. Yeah, absolutely. So age definitely plays a role in it, but it all started just because of like kids. Like I wanted to have that wise, that that wisdom for my kids when they come to me with hard life questions and like they need advice about like how to handle a difficult relationship or like the problem with a person at work or, you know, all the stuff that I always wanted somebody to help me out with. And they, I just didn't have it. There just wasn't anybody there. And you know what? Maybe there's going to be times where my kids have to take my phone and fix it for me because by the time I'm 70 years old, what is a phone going to be? I don't even know. That's crazy to think so about. right that we're going to be those ones. We're going to be that eventually. Yeah. That the kids are going to have. But then I'm like, no, 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 because we're hip, right? So I think of like the people yeah. that are in their 50s. They're still with it. They still got it. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm pretty adaptive to technology as it stands right now, but I don't know. I think, I don't know. What's think about it. Most, most 50 and 60-year-olds. Are, are still easily adaptive to today's technology, to the apps, TikTok, Facebook. They're figuring it out. It's it's the, the, the 70 and up that struggle. Yeah. I think they're great at it as long as it involves a social aspect. And as soon as it doesn't, they don't know how to do it. Like, if it gives them a way Unless to get a hold of their interested. friends. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. like... I don't know how this works, but I can use Facebook. <laughs> like, right. No, I need you to attach that picture to an email and email it to me. Well, I can't do that. How yeah. do you do that? <laughs> like, it's yeah. that kind of stuff. But yeah. Oh, um, yeah. That's like me hooking up all the electronics now. I'm like, uh -huh. okay, 30 years ago, I had two VCRs hooked up to one TV that involved like 19 cords oh, so yeah. that I could record two shows at uh -huh. the same time. Yep. But I can't hook up four things with four cables. <laughs> I got good at that, yeah. I remember those days. You had the I RCA cables coming out yeah, your ass. Yeah, and you had the two, I had two VCRs hooked up, and then the PlayStation, and the, the Super Nintendo, and the Nintendo 6. All these things were hooked up. Millions of cables didn't face me. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm like, all I have to do is an H. I can't handle it. I can't. I'm like, nope, nope, no, I can't do it. Nope, don't call me. Call somebody else. They're like, it's yeah. one chord. I'm like, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's just because I'm like, no, somebody else, it's somebody else's turn. I did it when I was younger. <laughs> I was like, there's not, there's not, a, there's not a, it's not labeled orange, yellow, and white. I can't, I don't understand it. 
Yeah. I, they, they, they have, oh, I, going on a side tangent, like, one of the things I hate is when you think you have it figured out and you don't. And they make camouflage wires. Now, it can look like I've got, like, here, here I've got, like, a, a normal, a normal micro USB cable. But this one doesn't transfer data. It only charges. But why? It looks like it transfers data. It looks like all the other ones that do. No, it only charges. <laughs> okay. And then they've got this other one. It's like, all right, well, this one, I can plug this end of the HDMI cable into the TV and the other end of the HDMI cable into this thing. And I should be able to turn the TV on and off because it can do that through the HDMI cable. No, no, not this HDMI cable. You got to get the different HDMI cable that can turn off the you TV. You see, I can't, I can't. Then you got to have all these adapters. And like, I bought this thing. They trick you. Like, some no. of them can, like, they look the same, and then some of them can do it, some of them can't. They put, like, hidden features in them. That's you know, what drives me crazy. See, no, no, no. Just give me my, my yellow, uh, white, and red. Yeah, you. yeah. You need to connect three wires, and those three wires work. Mm -hmm. yeah. Every time. Every time. Mm -hmm. They're going to work every time. It's color-coded. Have you ever done this one? Where you don't have the wires, but... You've got like a different wire, like uh, you've got um, like headphone jack cables. Here's what I used to do. If I didn't have the right wire, I would take like a headphone jack thing and I would wrap the end of it in aluminum foil and I'd jam it in the hole. And then I would take another one and I'd wrap the outside of the RCA plug in aluminum foil. And then I would pinch it to another headphone jack and I'd run that to the thing and it would work. <laughs> I was just thinking you were gonna go like I'd get the gold uh, yeah. ones that didn't have the colors, you know what I mean? And then you'd really have to like you were oh, yeah. you were living on the edge, man, because you were like, Okay, they're all gold. There's no yellow, yeah. no white, and you gotta figure this out. Yeah, you've gotta trace the wire from one end to the other end and make sure that you've got the right one of them that hits the yeah. Those yeah. are fun. Yeah, that was a good time. Especially if you had like Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation. If you had everything, you you it was a challenge. Or then you had to like unplug shit because there wasn't enough holes. I hate when that happens. <laughs> I know it's a very it's a struggle. It really is. It's nothing like going to an orgy and there's not enough holes. So, speaking of therapy. Um, <laughs> at what age, when do you think it became, um, I guess, not even socially acceptable, but almost like, uh, a quality that you looked for in a person that they went to therapy? Like, like when you, when you're making it a friend and you find out they go to oh. therapy, when it's, when did it flip the switch to you're like, I like this person. They want to make themselves better. Probably instead, my 30s. Of, inst instead of like you hear somebody goes to therapy and you're like, oh, they have problems. That's sad. I wonder. How, I hope they feel better soon. Like and now it's like now it's like I hear somebody's going to therapy. I'm like, good. That's great. Awesome. I don't know that I ever judged anybody going to therapy because I, I took a turn in it real young and I just. Well, I, I, I never judged anybody negatively for going yeah. to therapy, but it, I, w I would be like, oh, they go to therapy. They must be going through something hard. Like there was just that thing in See, my head. Yeah, I yeah, I didn't think that because I went at like 16. Mm -hmm. They tried putting me on Zoloft and it was a horrible. I'm like, I didn't get happy. I didn't get sad. I just ran program. I hated it. 
Yeah. And then I went to this like therapist, which I don't even think she was a therapist. I think she was just, you know, so whatever. She's terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, you know, it took me to like, I think pretty sure she was a lesbian. And she's like, you know, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And I'm like, I have no time. I do everything for everybody. Else. You know, I was the good little Catholic boy then. And so she does a pie chart to tell me I don't have any time for myself. Okay. I walked out of there and I was like, (laughs) I'm never coming back here again. This chick's an idiot. Yeah. I was like, we spent an hour. She did a pie chart to tell me I don't have any time for, that's what I told her. Mm -hmm. I wanted to know how to stop saying yes to people. Oh yeah. That, you know, some of the worst therapists that I've ever been to, they're just, you know, I understand the idea that, a therapist, in a lot of respects, is to ask you, the, the, they they kind of, when they get lazy or when they don't know what to do, they tend to just sit there and let you talk about yourself. And they'll ask you a few guiding questions to hopefully like help you uncover something about yourself that maybe you didn't know. But generally, they just sit there and they let you talk. And those are the most worthless therapists. Oh my God. Is The whole, in my opinion... A good therapist is somebody who will listen to you, be able to form a, a pattern of like behavior in, in their head, be like, oh, well, this is clearly this kind of behavior, okay, and make a note of it. And then this is another kind of behavior because of this, okay, make a note of it. And then they should be able to coach you in ways to make your behavior, make your emotional states better using your personality or your coping mechanisms or whatnot. Like tailor something to be able to give you advice to actually like improve your mental situation in some way. And I hate to say it, but I don't know. I've had probably half a dozen different therapists that I've gone to and only the one that I'm seeing right now actually does that. Like, she actually talks to me like a human being and says that, like, she'll stop me in the middle of a story or something that I'm telling her, and she's like, that's crap. You can't, no, don't do that. Like, that, you can't behave that way, and you know it. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, what do you, yeah. what do you mean? And she'll explain it, like, yeah, you're just, right now you're falling into a victim situation. Like, you're feeling... Like, things aren't fair, and this is whatever. Like, that's your narrative right now. You're falling into that. you got to knock that off. That's We all have problems. So stop it. Like, <laughs> like, she'll say tough stuff, and I'll be like, wow, you're freaking right. You're absolutely right. That's spot on. Like, yes, I need to hear that sometimes. Thank you. Like, and I respect her for that. But that's one of those things, like, where this person is aware of my type of personality. She, one... She knows what she can get away with saying to me. And two, she will share information with me that I don't want to hear. Like when I'm, when I go down one of my self-deprecating spirals where I'm like, well, I'm just a piece of crap. I'm never going to get better at whatever. My situation's not going to improve, whatever. And she's like, I know it feels that way right now, but you're being stupid. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, all right. Okay. Thanks. Needed to hear that. Just reframe, you know. thanks bitch yeah and i love it it's great and it's it's nice to actually have a therapist that will call me out on my crap Mm because that's that's what that's where the core of our suffering comes from is our internal crap 
and we need to be made aware of it, whether it sucks to hear or whether it I mean, having a therapist that just sits there and be like, okay, how do you feel about that? Have you tried exercise? Here. What, oh, God. Are you trying to eat clean? Um, how about trying to get more sleep? Do you need a prescription for something to get better sleep? You'll feel so much better if you get no. more sleep. Like, no, I want a therapist yeah. who's going to be like, um, listen, boo, I don't know how to do this delicately. Is this my nature, but. Honey, you're off your fucking rocker. You need to calm the fuck down. Go take a happy pill. Take a shower. Go put on some happy music and relax. Yeah. You know, Sometimes just, you need to do that. Yeah. Just yeah. brutal honesty. You know, but yeah. I think, too, that's why it's so important to have friends that are like that. You know, mm-hmm. because who wants that friend that's like, oh, do I look okay on this? Yeah, you look great. When you really look like shit. Yeah. That's well, I want a friend. I want that's the friend to be okay. like. I want my friend to be like, hey, dude, that shirt makes your tits look like you got poochy nipples and you need to throw that in the garbage. And I'd be like, I really appreciate you telling me that because I needed to know that and I will never wear the shirt again. And that's why I have such an issue with like today's generation and like the sensitivity thing. And oh, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm like, "Mm, you're just sugarcoating each other's shit. You know what I mean? You're you're being overly and I understand about, you know, you don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to shame somebody and you don't want to be like. You don't but want to hurt them, but... Right, some, but intention some, matters. And at the same does. time, yep. like, oh, well, we shouldn't care what other people think of our bodies. Right, but at the same time, we should care what we look like when we walk outside. Mm-hmm. And if you're 300 fucking pounds, you shouldn't be wearing a cami with your gut hanging out. Like, it's just... It's not cute. I mean, it, I mean... You know... And not to a lot of people, but... No. No. <laughs> okay. Rihanna's lingerie yeah. that she made that was fishnets that go up to 4X, it's not... No! Who's so wearing you're saying that? Is there should be weight limits on certain tiers of revealing clothing? I, I mean, whatever you do in your privacy, your own home is your business. But I'm saying, like, just don't, you know, like, don't wear that out in public and think you're going to get a good reaction. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that is a great example of external self awareness. Like, like you need to be aware of yourself. Like, there was some chick on TikTok. She's like talking about the homeless shelter and how, oh, the food they serve here is terrible, you guys. Oh my God, I'm a diabetic. I'm this, blah, 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 blah. Great, but it's free. And she points down to the food. She's like, this chicken, it's so dry, there's no spot. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like a pork chop and vegetables. Yeah. And bitch- it actually looks really good, right? Yeah, sorry. It's free. And she's just like bitching and whining. And it did not go the way she thought it was going to go. Right? No. Everybody's like ripping her apart in the comics. And right. she's sitting there on her phone. Like, what? you know, she's got all the piercings. Yeah. Her nails Le- are done. Let me show like, you. Let me show you yeah. my spaghettios and a hot dog dinner over here, and you let me know which one you're gonna eat. Right, <laughs> you know? right. People were pissed, and I'm yeah. just like, mm, that's the difference, right? That's the thing. Like yeah. you're entitled to thinking that that shouldn't be served oh, to you. Let me tell you, you just touched on something: entitlement and self awareness. Oh boy, oh boy. One of one of the things that really Get, I mean, I can, I, I've gotten so much better at controlling it now that I'm older, but entitlement 
really makes me angry. Like, it makes me furious. Like, when I see somebody, especially somebody who feels entitled to something that's just completely unjustified, like that Karen that walks into the store and just needs to talk to the manager because she feels entitled to have gotten something a certain way, and I just, why, like, nothing makes me feel better than one of those people getting shut down. Like, oh, How are boy. we friends? What do you mean? <laughs> I was just trying to slam at myself about how entitled I am. You're not. <laughs> You're not entitled. Thank you. You're, no. Caring for yourself and being able to ask for help is an entitlement. Like, the, those those are things that a, a normal human being can do. Like, there's certain things that we are entitled to. Like, we're entitled to, like, respect and we're entitled to... Like, go out in public and be able to interact with people without dealing with nightmares. But, like, I'm talking about the people that are just ugly levels of entitlement. And, oh, boy, I do not like that. Like, I'm always the person that, like, it, it, it's so counter to my own, like, views of myself. Like, I'm always, like, I, I, I want to make sure everybody else is taken care of and I don't want to take the last of anything because I don't want to make anybody upset. Like I, I'm like in the back, like, Oh, I, yeah, it would be nice to have a convertible, but I don't need that. Or like I, I accidentally bought my, I bought myself this thing because I thought I wanted it, but now I feel like it's too much. And I, I feel I'm, I'm ashamed of spending money on this thing. And I, I shouldn't have bought these pants. I didn't need these pants. Like it, I'm, 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 I'm so, mm-hmm. I'm the opposite. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like, I don't feel like I deserve anything. And so when I see somebody on the other end of the spectrum, that's like, oh, I deserve it all. I want it all. Like, I need more money. I need a boyfriend that'll buy me everything. I need I need friends that will pay for my drinks. And like the those people that just like, they feel like they should just have everything. Oh, it just, it feels gross. Like, it, it, I mean, all those things sound great though, Dana. They do. I mean, I would love a boyfriend to buy me everything. I'd love my friends to pay for my drinks. All right, but do you feel that... (laughs) What was the first thing? (laughs) All right, but yeah, that's great. But do you feel like... Do you feel like there's something wrong with the world when you don't get that? No. No, No, because to me, like, I'd rather take care of my people, right? Like, that was always my thing. Yeah, so, no. Yeah, like, you're not... No, it feels wrong. It feels wrong. Like, I don't know how to not pay. Like, mm-hmm. that makes me uncomfortable. Yep. And it usually puts me in a situation that I shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, no, I gotta pay. Right. Right. And I look at, like, it's I see good. some people where it's like, I don't know, like the stay-at-home moms that, like, they just spend all day, like, shopping and going out with their friends and spending their husband's money when, like, he's trying his best and like it, like the 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 people like this the, i don't know the, even to the point like here here's one that gets me then i, I get horrible example oh i is it i don't know a oh. stay-at-home mom who's raising the kids cleaning the house and cooking no 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 not that stay-at-home lady i'm talking about the lady without kids that doesn't work stays home and spends all her husband's money there you go okay I'm sorry. Did I say stay-at-home mom? I, I mean, I, whatever. But yeah. here's here's the one. Stay-at-home. Yeah. 
Uh, the stay-at-home trophy wife. A cap wife, spouse. Said. A cap there you go. spouse. Yeah. Like. Gotcha. I don't know. Like, when I was a stay-at-home sugar dad, baby. Like, one of the things I did is, like, I felt like I constantly needed to contribute, like, something money-wise. And I'd be like, maybe I can make one of my hobbies into an income. And I'd be, like, selling stuff on Etsy and, like, trying to make... Like, Resonate and flow. Right, yeah. I sell, like, jewelry and stuff. I'm, like, they I'm, like, still I can, pop up on my I can Facebook. Make, I can make this thing and sell this and maybe somebody will buy it and I'll get a little money I can contribute. Like, I, always I never like did I had, get mine. I still, I can make something. I don't know. Very upset. But, like, yeah, that was one of my things. It's like, I always felt like I had to do something. And, like, I see, like, the the entitlement, like, when I see, like, this little, per, this little woman that's, like, I don't know, all by herself, and she drives, like, this $80,000 Chevy Tahoe or Escalade into the Wegmans parking lot, and she's the only one in the car. And I look up at her, I'm like, my car gets three times the gas mileage as this car. My car costs one quarter the amount that this car costs. What makes this person feel entitled to use the amount of resources as three of my cars and spend money that you could buy a house with just to take her single self to Wegmans to buy groceries in the back? Like, how does she feel entitled to use this much, this these men, this many resources, when there's so many people out here that are going without? Like, how, why does she feel entitled? Because it makes her feel safe. Right, but what, what part inside Status. her brain? What part inside her brain can let her look around? And be so not self-aware to be able to see that she's consuming what four people should be able to have for their resources just because she feels like she deserves it. I and I'm, I look at that and I'm just like, that's gross. Like, that is gross to me. And I'm like, mm, nope. Okay, never show up to Dana's house in the Suburban. Gotcha. <laughs> it's just one of my things. It's just one thing I have. Like I, 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 I it look is at, obnoxious. Yeah. Like I, people that spend three hundred thousand dollars on a car. I'm like, Ugh. I don't know if I had a billion dollars in the bank tomorrow. Three hundred thousand dollars on a car when there's starving kids in the country just seems kind of fucking nuts. Yeah, it feels gross. I, I do get you. I do get you because it does like. I don't know. There's so many people I can take care of. So yeah, it is, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, like but then I, I, I get to like, you make your money, you earn it, spend it how you want. I don't know. I don't know. It's yeah. I just, not everybody's the same. Yeah. It sucks. Like I, 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 kinda I mean, wish... some people spend $30,000 a year on OnlyFans, you know? Yeah. And it's, and it's not even like I can look at something like that and be like, look at Luke. I, I'm, I don't know, Luke. He's on the Thursday show. Oh, and he's the makes money on OnlyFans. No, he spends that much. You know, he pays for all this. I have no idea. I'm how just does he make? How does he make that much money? I'm just kidding. I'm just not. You know. Well, I mean, at least he's given it to somebody who's providing a service. <laughs> you can ask him in a few weeks when he's there. I guess I'll have to. I'm going to have to do some probing. Yes. 
Yes, I'm sure he'll want to do some as well. Yes, excellent. So here's, here's, um, shit, where'd it go? <laughs> I had a thing. I had a thing and then the probe made Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh. It's such a great friend. Dang it. Dang it, my train of thought. Oh, gosh Where'd darn it? it. Oh, what was it? Oh, jeez. Um, oh, man, look at that farmer tan. That's gross. Ugh, there's some self-awareness. Um, <laughs> the, uh, jeez. Um, all right, so we're talking about entitlement, spending money. Suburbans. And then, suburbans, and then... $80,000 vehicles. Yeah, well, oh, that's where I was going to go. Is like, where... You know, and I think about sometimes, like, it's it would be nice to just try, a, like, have a day of, of like, treat yourself. You know what I mean? Like, a, like just have, a, yeah, like, like, just have, like, one day of just, like, living, like, the 1%. Like, like just, like, oh. I'm going to, I'm going to rent a Ferrari and drive this Ferrari to this place. And I'm going to get a handmade suit. To like tailored on me and then I'm gonna go out to dinner where they make the food and cook it right in front of me with my own private chef like I think it would be cool to just try that for like a day but I could it's, never live that lifestyle because I would feel like such a piece of crap but you say that now however <laughs> you know what I mean if you have a billion dollars and you're giving millions away you know, I, I don't know. Would you feel that guilty? Maybe not. You know, if you're doing a bunch with that money, would you feel that guilty if you were able to treat yourself and your the people you care about? I still think I would. I think I, I would know. still look at. I think I would still look at myself and be like, you know, what? I have way more than I need. I don't know. I, I, I definitely know. would never blink twice about having a chef. I think I. I don't think I could do it. I could have a chef. I think part of me, part of, part of what makes me feel good is learning skills and accomplishing things and doing things for myself. So, could you, would you, like, not ever get on a private jet? I mean, I would, I wouldn't own one, but I would get on one. I would probably ride in a private jet just to be like, what's it like? You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I would, I would, I would want to try it. Like, who wouldn't want to try it? If you have an opportunity yeah. to try something bougie, why wouldn't you try it? But like, I mean, I, I you know, I've got to do that, uh, all those things, and it is a lot of fun. Yeah. When everything in front of you is comped, and you can have anything your heart desires. I didn't want anything because it's like, I, I don't know. It's such a weird thing to describe, right? I, I sat there and I could have whatever I wanted. And it was like, it was almost overwhelming, right? Yeah. Like I could have went balls to the wall and I didn't because it was just, it seems crazy to me. A $75 glass of champagne is outrageous. Outrageous. Yeah. And two, like in Katrina, she always gets so mad at me because she, she I really hurt her heart when I told her Dom tasted like shit. I mean, you would have thought that I slapped her in the face. Um, uh -oh. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, she didn't really taste like shit, but I, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, for that kind, man, it wasn't all that great. Um, I'm like, yeah, you know, we and too, like, we went, I don't know what the hell we were doing. It was with the sub shops, and we were somewhere with somebody big wig, you know what I mean? And we got, like, I don't know, $600 bottle of wine. Uh-huh. And, of course, like, my ass whole self that I am. I was like, ah, this tastes just like that uh, gallon jug. You know, that Carlo Rossi, you ever tried that? I'm like, this reminds me just of that Paisano. Oh, and the, the freaking one dude, he just is like, oh, my God. And I'm like, but here's the thing. I was being dead serious. Yeah. That $600 bottle of wine tasted like Carlo Rossi, the it, $18 gallon jug. That's what I'm talking about. Like I'm like, that- for 600 bucks? For a bottle of wine? Yep. Yeah. I have a hard time with it. For something you're going to drink? Yeah, it's just going to be pee soon. I don't. Yep. I mean, you know, once in a blue moon, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you could get yeah, a, you know, a high-end I mean. bottle of whiskey. Sure, you know, but something to do on a regular basis? Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Crazy. No. No. So, all right. So, speaking of entitlement, um, what about, what about, um, oh, shit, we're, like, done. We're, like, at the end. <laughs> We can yeah. keep going with this. Like self awareness was a good one. That would, we could make a two parter out of this one. Self awareness part two. We could, we could do that. Shoot, I didn't even notice what time it was. I just looked at the clock because I was going to go off on another tangent, and I'm like, "Wow, we can't do that." <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have we to can. remember next week Uh-oh. part two. Yeah, we'll do that again. Well, That'll be fun. Yeah. Or maybe we could do one on. We'll we'll continue down self awareness, but we, we we could do a lot of entitlement. Yeah. yeah, that's another good topic. We should have maybe kept that one for its own. I don't know. Yeah, maybe we could talk about a bunch of people we know that are fucking entitled bitches. I say that I've, love. I've kind of isolated myself from people like that. I, I don't really they, know anybody anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't know that I ever was really had that many people in my life that were um, that entire. I, you know what I mean? It wasn't really my kind of group. Yeah, where I was going like, to go was like with, with like entitlement, as far as like people who feel entitled to put their needs in front of you, like the uh, like would get in front uh, of you to get dinner first, or like get in front of you to get a job interview, get in front of you to talk to somebody. The, yeah, that's its know. own show because we can unpack that bitch for a while. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's why I started. I'm like, I, I, I got a good one, and then yeah, that's that could be a whole thing. Yeah, like that's crazy to me. The food thing, right? Right when you were like, oh, I, you know, you never think the last is something, right? Because mm-hmm. somebody else might, you know, what if they're still yeah. hungry? Like, yep. I'm fine. I'm fat. I'm good. I don't need it. Yep. And see, I like. I'll even do like with leftovers. Like, if something's in the fridge. I'll wait till it's like ready to be gross, and I'll be like, "You've had a lot of opportunities to eat this thing. I'm gonna eat it now because it's gonna go bad and it's gonna get thrown out, and I can't let that happen." <laughs> like, that's, I'm like, "This is really good, and I gotta at least make sure somebody likes it." Like, I mean, that's that's where that's where there's like this line in here. I'm like, "It's been five days. 
<gasps> five oh, days? Yeah. What? Five days? Well, yeah, you can keep something in the fridge for five days. Yeah, Jesus. Oh, my God. What? No. Why? No. Well, I do that sometimes to, like, meal prep. Like, I'll make, I'll make like, I'll make, like, six chicken breasts or something. So I've got, like, a week's worth of chicken breasts I'll put on my salad or something. What? No. Crap. I must have messed up. <laughs> it's fine. You're eating it. You're fine with it. It's okay. That's yeah. you, I have one of those quirks, right? Like I'm a fucking nut about it. But All I think right. it's because of the food service thing, uh, right? I'm like it. three days and it's got to go, and I can't even usually make it to three days. I'm usually like two days and up. See, I feel like it, it can even be extended out to a full week because if you microwave it, the the microwaving it kills all the germs. <laughs> I I mean I I just I can't I don't know what it is but I'm really finicky though I'm real finicky about that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm real. You know I can't, I, just, I, I can't eat ugly food. Can you eat ugly food? Like you get an ugly carrot that's got a big scar on the side of it. Do you just throw it away? I'm actually really getting better about it now. Like what I had a, a. What if you get a big black spot on a banana? Mm. Yeah. See. I had one, I grew peppers, I had a black spot on my pepper, and it was soft, mm-hmm. I cut it off and I did it. And then I had tomatoes, mm-hmm. there were some, they just were not cute, and I used them in my sauce anyways. I was so proud of myself, and I was like, you grew them, you're eating them, damn it. Yeah, good job. Mm-hmm. I know, yeah. it was so weird, they were so fresh. I get, like, we've got, like, because it's been so dry up here, all the little cherry tomatoes are split open, and I'm like... I can't eat it. I can't eat the split open cherry tomato. It's like the insides are out and then the bacteria got in. I can't eat it. Oh, yeah. Well, that's like a glass of water sitting on the bed overnight. You can't drink it in the morning. It's got amoebas in it. That's why, that's why I've got all the lids on everything. Yeah. I put the lids on it so it keeps all the stuff out. Well, even if a water bottle has sat on the bedpost for like two days, it's, you can't drink it. Oh, no. No, two days is too long. Yeah, well, no. Overnight, I'll drink it in the morning as long as it's got a lid on it because I know no cat feet went in it. But I mean, as far as the uh, as far as the the no, somebody who just puts an empty like an open glass on top of their headboard overnight, and then the next morning they drink it, they just they're they're savage. They're a superhero. I they they have, that is a that is a superhero level thing to do. I nope. It's not okay. Not okay. Not okay. We gotta go. Yep, we do. Well, I it's hope everybody fun. has a lovely evening. Practice your self-awareness and be awesome. Oh, yeah, we gotta yes, push the button. Do. And then make I sure gotta, you tune in. Yeah. Tune, tune in tomorrow for something. I don't know what it is, but there'll be a show. Yeah, Jeffrey will be there. He'll be talking about stuff. Have I a great I night. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna end the Maybe. run. Alright, so I just... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.